W-H-H-H-FM Indianapolis. It's Indie Speaks. Your Life Matters. Hosted by Cameron Rick. Good morning, Indianapolis. On a warmer Sunday morning, freezing rain and snow yesterday, but, you know, it's only the start of mid-April. But who's complaining? Hey, this morning we've got uh, a full deck on the air. We've got my good friend Abdul Hakim Shabazz in studio with me to break down the politics as we lead into the election of 2016, May 3rd. We've been talking about getting you registered to vote. That deadline is now over. Now we got to get you ready to vote. You can do it starting now or all the way through May 2nd, an early vote. And then you can go, if you haven't done that, go vote on May 3rd. So this morning, we'll have Representative Cherish Pryor representing the Hillary Clinton campaign. She's on our live line standing by. We'll talk with her in just a moment. And then at 7.30, we'll hear from Henry Hendricks with the Ted Cruz campaign. A fierce battle is ramping up. They're saying that New York and the East Coast is done and the attention already is about to shift to Indiana and California. We'll talk about all of that this morning. But first, let's get you caught up on the news. Metro police are investigating a double shooting on the near northwest side of Indianapolis. The shooting happened just after midnight in the 1300 block of West 25th Street. When police arrived, they said they found two men ages 17 and 20 shot. Both were in good condition and taken to Eskenazi Hospital. Officers on the scene said the shooting involved two groups of people and a cell phone purchase. They're now looking for two suspects. Bloomington police are investigating a stabbing inside a bar early Saturday morning. Officers responded to Brothers Bar, located in the 200 block of North Walnut Street around 1 a.m. Police say when they arrived, they found a 23-year-old man with a deep cut to his left side. The victim was transported to the hospital. No arrests have been made there as well. Thousands of people fighting the state's new abortion law protested at the State House Saturday. Meeting them were pro-life supporters, and both sides exchanged heated words. The controversial new law, which we've talked about here on this show, is set to take effect in July and bans abortions due to fetal genetic abnormalities, prohibits abortions done because of the fetus's race, sex, or ancestry, and mandates that the only way to dispose of an aborted fetus is through burial or cremation. The law has prompted lawsuits from the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. So far, no response from Governor Pence. And in the forecast, a 90% chance of rain today with a high of 55 degrees. Right now, it is 34 degrees in Indy. All right, we're back live this morning. And in the studio with me is Abdul Hakeem Shabazz from IndyPolitics.org. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to have you to break down all the politics and uh, get us ready to get into the May primary. Also on the phone with us this morning is Representative Cherish Pryor. She is calling in on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign, who it sounds like is going to be in a fierce battle with Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, Representative Pryor, good morning to you. 
Good morning to both of you. So glad you could wake up early. Anybody who gets up uh, early to come on this show is all right with me. But no, anybody who, after a night of several scotches and waters and some very expensive cigars from Havana, is all right with you. Yes, yes. As as always, Brother Abdul comes in. He is always a trooper, um, and sometimes has more energy than I do. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Uh, Representative Pryor, we had on Congressman Carson last Sunday. Um, I got a lot of people who are excited here and are feeling the burn in the state of Indiana. Why should that vote go to Hillary Clinton? Well, you know, um, thank you for having me on again. Um, well, you, I think that um, people should be excited about Hillary Clinton as well. She has a lot of experience. Um, she's ready. She's excited to get things done. She's been an advocate in so many ways uh, for the African-American community, not taking anything away from Senator Sanders. Um, but I think we really need someone in the White House who wants to build upon the accomplishments of President Clinton or, or President Obama. When President Obama uh, took office, there were a lot of challenges that he had to go in and clean up. And he's done a magnificent job doing that, and he's put this country on a right on the right direction. And Hillary Clinton is intends and will continue to do that if she's president. And I think that's why we should all support her. Well, like I said, and it's interesting uh, because uh, Wyoming just had its caucuses yesterday. Uh, small state, only literally Wyoming has one congressional representative. Uh, but Bernie Sanders won like 60-40. But what's interesting is Bernie is not making a dent in a Hillary in the delegate count. And that's what a lot of people need to remember, that it's not necessarily the number of votes you get. It's how do delegates break down. And we're about the point where it's going to be mathematically impossible for Bernie to over to for Bernie to do pretty much much of anything. So yes, good, good, Cherish. That's that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely true. And although he's winning delegates, uh, generally with the caucus votes, the primaries, that's where um, Secretary Clinton is is getting those numbers. But she also has a majority of the votes of any candidate on the Democrat or Republican side. So when you add up the actual number of votes she's winning it with the actual number of votes and delegates um so you know i think that's important to keep in mind as well i've heard i've got a roommate who is crazy about bernie sanders uh, does he have a job he does have a job and in fact he's a meteorologist so but you know <laughs> they're 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 a different breed. so in other words you're saying this a person who can't even predict the weather and gets it wrong all the time that's a Bernie Sanders supporter. That is true, because I woke up Saturday morning, and he said, Cam, there's two inches of snow outside. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, we got the ice part right, but we were wrong on the snow. So we're not going to start listening to him for politics as well. Uh, but but he's crazy. Him and his girlfriend are crazy about Bernie Sanders. And he's asking me, Cameron, why, is every, why, why are black people crazy about um, Hillary Clinton and the Clintons when Bernie Sanders was marching with them uh, with Martin Luther King and the Freedom Riders back in the day. He's in the pictures with all of them, but people aren't crazy about him. Why are people crazy about Hillary Clinton? Well, people are here crazy about Hillary Clinton because of her accomplishments as well. You know, I think those are great things that um, Senator Sanders has done, uh, marching. You know, there's been a lot of people who, who've been on that uh who back in the day who've done magnificent things to 
advance civil rights issues, uh, but that does not mean that you have to vote for or should vote for some sim- someone simply because of that one particular thing, um, because she has a record with the with the African American too um, community. So, you know, I don't want to to put one against the other on that particular issue because when you look at issues like racial profiling. Um, she's been on the right side of that. She's been on the right side of the minimum wage issue, uh, minority-owned businesses, wanting to make sure there are opportunities there, racial profiling, hate crimes legislation. Those are things that she supported as well, and those are critical um, to the African-American community, even here in the state of Indiana during the legislature, uh, the Black Caucus, trying to move forward some of those bills that we haven't been able to move the needle on, um, those are things that she supported. And I think she needs to be given credit for that as well. All right. And something else came to think about, too. Uh, and while I have a totally different political philosophy uh, than Cherish does, a lot of those issues, Hillary Clinton has something that Bernie Sanders does not have, which is a record. You know, people say, well, you know, Bernie marched with Dr. King and he's in this picture and he's in this picture. Well, so what? My parents are in lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, I could Photoshop myself in a picture of Dr. Mm-hmm. King. That doesn't mean, well, well what, have I, what, have, what have you done? Mm-hmm. And I'm su- somewhat surprised that the, that the Clinton people haven't sort of taken this line of attack with Bernie, which is, okay, you've been in public office for 35 years. What have you done? Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you know, mayor, I want to say Burlington, Vermont. You know, you're a senator, you know, governor. You, get, you got in the Congress, you got this, you have, you have, you fell on the selective office. But what have you done? What have you accomplished? I may not necessarily agree with Hillary, but, you know, she's got a track record. Mm-hmm. I mean, political minds. You know, I think, and I think it's also important to keep in mind, too. I, he, senator Sanders is, is a great legislator. He's a great legislator. There's a difference between a, being a great legislator and making a great president. And what we're wanting people to vote on, um, what we're really talking about here today is who would be a great president, and Hillary Clinton will be that great president. Let me ask you this, because political minds are, you know, short-term memory. One minute you're fighting, next minute you're working together at the White House. And, you know, obviously I was a whole lot younger in the early 90s, but, you know, so I I wasn't voting. But my my mom (laughs) would tell me that, you know, back in the 90s under Clinton, we were living good. Everybody was okay. But a lot of people, you know, go back to... to the bills that Bill Clinton signed, which helped incarcerate a lot of okay, people, but, a, that's, okay. but that's not what people no, remember. I have something to say about that. Go because ahead. I've been reading these these people with absolutely no clue mm-hmm. going on about welfare reform mm-hmm. and three strikes throughout, etc. First of all, if you didn't live in one of those neighborhoods where the criminals were running wild and running, running rampant, you need to shut up and stop talking. That's kind of number one. Number two... Welfare reform was actually helped move a lot of African Americans, mm-hmm. you know, out of poverty and actually, guess what, into, you know, the working and into the middle class. Because guess what? You couldn't stay on there. Welfare was meant to be a trampoline, not a hammock. It was supposed to be something temporary, something that you stayed while you were down on your luck. You got a little bit of help and then you got off your feet and moved forward. That is what welfare reform did so for all this whining and complaining of gnashing of teeth i was like you people have got to be friggin' kidding me well and then, i have now turned into my father i'm now old enough to say were you there are you serious are you high well then you also saw this week where uh, he uh, he was uh grilled pretty much bill clinton was at that event about the things he did back in the 90s but 
that's not what people remember Bill Clinton for. Uh, they remember him for a lot of things that you just talked about. And the fact that overall, Democrats overall, people overall, the economy, people were happy. People loved, loved Bill Clinton despite, you know, whatever else he did. People still liked Bill Clinton then. They still like him now. Yeah, they do. And I think it's important to keep in mind also, there were a lot of people, bills that were passed uh, bipartisan support across the board. We now we're learning from some of those bills that we passed back then. I guess they passed back then. Then I wasn't. She's not taking uh, credit for that. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. Church, I think plus uh, we're probably only about like in our. We have, uh, we're, we learn from our mistakes and bills that we, you know, we passed back then. And we're going to have to do a recalibration. And in that mindset and of those bills, there are a lot of states that are undergoing, just as Indiana has undergone, a recodification of many of our criminal justice issues. Um, and, and the other thing is, too, I think it's important to keep in mind, that was during the time that we were having the crack cocaine uh, stuff that was ravishing our community. I guess kind of a, a little alluding to uh, what Abdul said. But those things were ravishing our community. Now we're in a different age, and the things that we were complaining about in our community is now happening in the majority community as well. And so people are taking a second look at these criminal justice laws that were passed. The three strikes you're out didn't work. Um, it incarcerated more people and broke up families instead of trying to get services uh, for individuals. So we were focusing on the wrong thing, the quick fix of, of incarcerating people because of crimes they commit when the real problem is maybe that addiction that they have. And the other problem is also whether or not they have a job. Those are the things that we have to focus on. The, the prevention, um, the getting people services that they need, the education and jobs, those are the things we've got to focus on and not focusing on incarcerated people because they had a crack cocaine. They need help. I see, I would take just a little bit of a different approach uh, than my um, good friend Cherish Pryor. With respect to people who are drug addicted, I've always been a firm believer we treat that as a public health crisis. You know, those are the people who need help. Mm -hmm. Those are the people mm -hmm. who need treatment. When you're dealing, that's a whole different mm -hmm. ball of wax. Mm -hmm. And those yeah, are the Dylan, Dylan is different. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan is different. But, you know, there were a lot of people in our community that were not dealing that were locked up. True, and but that, those are, but those are also people breaking into my father's car like every other day. Yeah. You know, Taking his stuff. I, yeah, obviously, if you commit a crime, you know you need to you need to go to jail for, for that. But you know, if the person is is doing drugs, they get caught with caught with drugs because they're they're getting ready to use the drugs. You know, um, we need to we need to get people help. People, and, and that's what we didn't do back then. We were just incarcerating people. We can't just incarcerate people when they have a, an addiction problem. We got to make sure that we're getting them services. Because you're not serving anybody in that instance, not the individual, not the community, not their family, and just continues a cycle of problems um, that continues to 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 uh, uh, create problems for that community uh, for generations. All right, Cherish, I'm gonna get ready to let you go. Hillary Clinton won okay. this state back in '08. Is this uh, state turning that shade of Hillary blue next month? 
I think this this uh, state will be Hillary Blue uh, on May third. Um, you know, they the campaign is out there. Um, they opened up their offices last week, and they're cam- they're starting canvas do door to door. Um, I want to encourage people to get out there, go vote early. Uh, and it's important to vote not only in May, but also November. Um, it's critically important. When you hear what's happening on the Republican side, that should scare anybody enough to want to go out and vote um, in May and also in November. We got, and, and the good thing about I guess you never want to, as a candidate, I never want to have an opponent. But the one thing that happens when you have an opponent is that you hope more people will be engaged in the process. And so uh, generally, Indiana does not matter in these races. And now that we do, we have an opportunity uh, to really make our voices heard again across the nation. And so hopefully people will be going out voting for, for Hillary on May 2nd. All right. The election coming up less than a month away, and it's May 3rd, I think, right? May 3rd. May 3rd. May 3rd, but, but yep, just... and they have until May 2nd, the early vote. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Early vote <laughs> that's right. So you can go vote today, I think, in the city county building mm-hmm. open. Go vote today if you want to. As a matter uh, of fact, I think I may go early vote today. Just take your ID. I have my ID. Hey, yes, yeah. take your ID. If you don't have an ID, go to the BMV. You can get one free of charge. All right. No excuse why you cannot vote. Unless, of course, you didn't register. Representative Cherish Pryor, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank to both of you as well, and have a good day. I was going to talk to you, Cherish. You as well. Take a wife. Hello. Will do. All right. We're going to come back with more of Abdul, and we're going to switch sides. Let's talk about the Republicans. And Donald Trump is on his way. Ted Cruz is on his way. John Kasich. Is there even any a point for you to come to the Hoosier State? Yes, there is. Okay. John Kasich is doing a lot better than you think. Okay. Uh, it sounds like Abdul is holding out hope for a contested convention. No well, holding out hope. It's coming. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. This is Indy Speaks, and I'm Cameron Riddle with Abdul Hakeem Shabazz this morning on Hot 96.3. Yo, what's up? It's your man, Ann Paris, and you checking out my good friend, Cameron Riddle, right here on Hot 96.3 at the new show for the community, Indie Speaks. Holla! And we're back live this morning. I'm Cameron Riddle with that duel, Hakeem Shabazz, and we are talking politics this morning here on Indie Speaks, getting you ready for the Indiana primary on Tuesday, May 3rd. If you would like to, go vote that day or... If you're going to be like me, you can go down to the city county building and vote right now. Okay, well, not right now, but as soon as they open this morning, uh, go down there and cast your vote early. So it's already said and done. And then Tuesday, May 3rd, you've got no worries on making it down to the polls and don't have to stand in what are probably going to be some very long lines come Election Day. Uh, One of the candidates, one of the groups that are vying for the votes here in the good state of Indiana is the Ted Cruz campaign, and they have sent us Jerry Hendricks, who is calling in on the Ted Cruz campaign's behalf, and Jerry is on our line right now. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for calling in. I was just talking with Abdul. Uh, We're not quite sure yet how Indiana is going to be divvied up, but um, has the Cruz campaign kind of already 
ridden off the Northeast and given that to Donald Trump and is now looking at states like Indiana and California? No, actually, uh, Ted Cruz is, is on the ground, has a strong campaign going throughout New York, looking at the in individual congressional districts there, looking at uh, what the people of New York uh, are interested in and, and, and telling his story and the things that he's interested in, things like his flat tax and strong uh, national security for the United States. So, no, he's not written off those areas. He's not written off Pennsylvania or, or the five states that will be coming up. Uh, just as he's not going to write off uh, any state in the Union, Ted Cruz wants to be president of the United States and isn't going to play a regional game. And, and that's shown up before. Uh, he competed in Florida. He competed in Ohio. Uh, Ted Cruz is going to be there telling his message. Uh, Jerry, Abdul uh, Shabazz, IndyPolitics.org. Thank you very much, uh, like I said, for visiting with us on this Sunday morning. Uh, when you look at uh, the most recent results, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Ted Cruz did a, a very clear sweep in the Colorado caucuses, uh, sort of the sort of their delegate uh, caucus this weekend. Um, is and that leads us once again more toward uh, a contested primary. Is it, is is that part of the the discussion uh, that folks may think maybe no one will have a majority when they go into uh, Cleveland in July, and that this is going to be that contested primary and sort of that you know good old fashioned you know ground to ground hand to hand combat for delegates. Well, you know, in all the conversations that I've had uh, with the Cruz campaign, it's very clear that Ted is campaigning to win the nomination outright. And so, uh, although we're looking at the math, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard fight. The fact is, is we plan to win on the first ballot with a majority of the votes. Uh, but it's very clear that Ted Cruz is a hard worker. You know, I'm I'm from Indiana. I grew up on a farm up in Steuben County. Uh, joined the Navy and spent 26 years in the Navy. Um, you know, prior to retiring a year and a half ago. And the thing that impressed me about Cruz is that he exhibits the same work habits that my father taught me on the farm, which is to get up earlier, work harder, stay later to get the job done. So if you look at what happened in Colorado, that was Ted Cruz uh, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, getting out there to, to uh, talk with the Colorado delegates to make his case to them, and, and he carried the day. He brought home the delegates. And that's been the way he's been all the way through his career, uh, both as a lawyer and then uh, representing the people of Texas. And so I expect that he's going to do everything he can to win uh, on that first ballot. If it goes to a contested convention, you can bet that Ted's going to have a strong floor team that works those issues. But right now, we're planning to win on first ballot. Let me, let me ask you this. You're from Indiana, so you may still remember a thing or two about our politics here. I've seen people compare uh, Ted Cruz to our Governor Mike Pence. Is the, Are they in the same realm at all? Or are there any similar similarities there? Well, I, I, first of all, I have a lot of admiration for Governor Pence. I have a lot of admiration for his work when he was in the House of Representatives. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that to the extent that they're conservative, committed constitutional conservatives, I think that there are uh, similarities uh, between them. That's not to say that Governor Pence, uh, you know, stands for everything that Cruz does or the vice versa, but I think that they, they come out of the same line of thought. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I think that uh, Senator Cruz is going to do well in Indiana when he comes there, uh, because the, the types of issues he talks are about are kitchen table issues that are important to Indiana families, things like job growth, the growing the GDP, trying to get more people back to work, raising individual wages. Um, those are things that are part and parcel with Ted Cruz's economic approach to life. Uh, as well as talking about individual liberty uh, and also talking about strong national security.
Uh, one of the other things, Jerry, I uh, wanted to pick your brain on was just some of the the, the campaign rhetoric. Uh, having worked on a few campaigns here and there, uh, particularly some very heated primaries, uh, there are times when things can get a get a little testy when when people get ready to come down to the wire. But if you just look at the the back and forth between Donald Trump and and Ted Cruz, and and that sort of thing. Any any thoughts on that, and any worry or concern that some of that rhetoric may have may have turned off voters and you know got people maybe less engaged and less interested in the process? Oh, I'm very concerned about that. You know, I I graduated from Purdue back in way back in 1988 with my degree in political science, and I think even an un, uh, a, a person without a degree in political science is going to look at this and say, you know, I'm I'm, I'm concerned about this, but. What I do know is that Ted is working really hard about unifying the Republican Party and that he does not want to see the party fractured, that he wants to reach out to all people within the party. And to the extent that the division is there, you know, we're, we're worried about some of the language that comes out, um, uh, you know, from, uh, from the Trump campaign about the unification of the party and, and trying to bring things together because we just don't see that happening. Ted, uh, Ted is working hard. You know, to bring the party together under one one tent and uh, and to to bring it on to victory against uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders uh, in the in the general election in the fall. Right now, is between Hill? Uh, excuse me, between uh, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. People people said that they are voting for Donald Trump because they are angry because they don't like the way uh, politics is. As we see it right now, with especially with the things that we're seeing here in Indiana, um, is Ted Cruz going to? Is he that same type of candidate that is going to be voting socially a lot? Because I think that's what is getting a lot of people upset: is uh, politicians being elected, going to office, and then voting based on their beliefs and not necessarily what the people are representing them for. Um, is Ted Cruz that kind of politician? Well, I mean, Ted Cruz has run as a strong, you know, constitutional conservative all the way through his career, from being, you know, attorney general in the state of Texas on to the United States Senate in, in elections that no one thought he was going to win. Uh, but he stands up for, for those principles, and then he goes out and he, he, uh, he votes along those lines of his principles. So if you're voting for Ted, you know, you're voting for the things that he stands for, uh, which are, you know, individual liberty and, and a growing economy and strong national security. Um, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying about this, about, you know, people being concerned, you know, as to, you know, the issues that are brought up. But these, the, the Constitution was written uh, to protect uh, all the people and their interests, essentially from a strong federal government that would come in and override their individual liberties. And Ted walks with that, that suspicion of, that, of the strong central government and being intrusive through regulations into people's lives. And he wants to free the individual to be all that they can be to, to achieve their potential in life as, as he has had the opportunity to, you know, as, as the, the child of, of an immigrant who came to this country, you know, and worked 50 cents an hour, you know, essentially washing dishes before uh, going on, uh, you know, to become a pastor. You know, Ted has watched his own family, you know, come essentially from the ground up, and he wants to make sure that people have that that right, that liberty to be able to grow as individuals uh, in, in a free society. I got a question uh, for the both of you. Abdul here seems to think that we are going to a contested convention come this summer. Um, right now, there's still a clear front runner. Can't take that away from Donald J. 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 Trump. He is the front runner, followed by Ted Cruz. 
and then uh, John Kasich, and you can even still count on Marco Rubio because he still has delegates. Um, are we going to a contested convention? Well, again, we don't plan to go to a contested convention. We go to that convention to win. If you look, we've won, you know, four out of the last five uh, primaries or caucuses in the country, and we've we've gained uh, over a hundred delegates on on Donald just in the in the last couple of weeks. Uh, through these various different means. So we feel the momentum is coming our way, certainly after Wisconsin and now after Colorado. It seems like the uh, the Republican Party and the American people are coalescing behind Ted uh, and beginning to push in that, that direction. I mean, you look at John Kasich, and yes, he's still in the race, but he does not even have as many delegates as what Marco Rubio has, and Rubio has been out of the race for almost a month now. So the, the Kasich campaign, uh, you know, definitely is a campaign about a contested uh, convention. Is it, is it time for the for the case of campaign to close up shop and get out of the way? I, yeah, I believe so. I think that uh, both uh, from the Trump uh, side as well as the Cruz side, you know, we would like to see that clear contest between uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump going forward. Uh, Kasich is essentially, you know, uh, not going to be the nominee of the party um, and, and is acting almost as a spoiler in many of these cases. And so we would like to see, you know, a straight-up contest with, with Trump on, on the issues and on the ideas. Uh, and we'd like to, you know, Ted is planning to win on that first ballot. And so uh, we, want, we want that opportunity to go up against Donald on the ideas. Jerry, uh, obviously a primary contest is a little bit different than a, than a general election. In primaries, you've got, you know, sort of hardcore, you know, Ds or Rs that show up. You know, people are really involved in politics. And then when you start to shift into the general election phase, you get a, get a different type of voter. Can Ted Cruz win that independent, moderate Democrat voter that Republicans will need uh, in order to win? Because if you do the electoral math and you break down demographics, uh, the map does not favor Republicans uh, when you get to the electoral college. Yeah, so I've kind of looked at that myself. And, and what I take heart from uh, is the fact that you look at Wisconsin, uh, and and that is a that is a purple state. That is a state uh, that has gone both ways. Uh, for that matter, you know, as as you all have mentioned before, um, Indiana has gone both ways in the past. And yet, uh, Ted Cruz in Wisconsin demonstrating ability <clears throat> to appeal to that that moderate voter. Uh, and and he talked about his own issues and where he comes from and how it uh, how those things affect. You know, jobs, which I think are going to be a central issue. I think there's going to be two central issues in this, foreign policy, national security, and then jobs here at home. And Cruz has a solution with his, uh, with his simple tax plan, the 10% tax plan, uh, that's going to grow the you know, jobs in the country by almost uh, 4.4 million jobs just from that alone. And, and we're finding that that's having appeal. Um, with uh, with that broader uh, voter who's interested in the kitchen table issue. So I think once we get beyond the convention, we have the nomination and we begin to take uh, take on the, the Democratic nominee uh, on these issues, I think that Ted's going to have a strong case to make at that point in time. But you're right. The, the campaign from primaries where you're really having, you know, sort of uh, uh, conservatives arguing amongst themselves, and then the campaign when you get to the general and you're going to have a discussion with the broader American public about which path is going to have the best path forward for this country so far as, as building jobs and improving people's lives and making them feel safer and making them feel freer, then quite frankly, I think that Ted Cruz is going to win that debate when we can get him on the stage 
uh, against that Democratic nominee. All right. Jerry Hendricks with the Ted Cruz campaign. Thank you so much for waking up early and calling in to us. We appreciate it. Well, it's good to talk with the people of my native state and uh, proud to be a Hoosier and proud to represent Ted Cruz. Glad you could uh, join us representing the Hoosier State and a Boilermaker, too. Yep. All right. We will uh, talk to you hopefully in the coming weeks as we move closer to the May election again. May 3rd is the big day. Go vote today if you want. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about some of that delegate math and the map because Abdul is holding out hope for a contested convention. There's a hold out hope. It's it's going to happen. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well. I'm, I'm saying... It, I got it, the book. I got the figures right okay, here. Okay, I'm telling okay. like my grandfather now. Okay. <laughs> Math doesn't lie. So uh, we're going to add it up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Indy Speaks. I'm Cameron Riddle here on Hot 96.3. And let your voice be heard by dialing in and calling 239-9696. Now back to Indie Speaks, Your Life Matters with Cameron Rick. Nap time is your boy Ricky Smiley, and you're getting your news right from Cameron Riddle. And be sure to wake up tomorrow morning to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show from 6 to 10 on Hot 96.3. All right, we're back. Actually, we used to work together as comedians. Oh, you and Ricky, that's right. You did uh, stand-up. Yep, long time ago. That is the voice of Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, comedian, television personality, radio personality, website, host, creator, <laughs> everything. And by the way, congratulations on the SPJs, right? Yes, thank you. Uh, IndiePolitics.org got uh, an award for Best Journalism Website and a column I wrote on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and did it create the first church of cannabis. Got an award as well. All right, congratulations. I think... I've got an award myself. It's not for this show, but it's a story I did up at Ball State about um, they gave some, a certain student a student of the year award, uh, but turned out she was she proudly owned a Confederate flag. Remember, this is at the same time as all the other stuff was going on. And long story, but eventually uh, there was a controversy, and then the and there was an administrator that resigned over the whole thing. So. It got pretty heated up there at uh, Muncie this time last year. So, unfortunately, some of the best moments in journalism for for a journalist is when you get an award. But it, you know, was covering for me what was probably some of the worst days of those people's lives. Uh, so, you know, hey, thanks, I guess. So, anyway, talking about uh, worst days of people's lives, um, the election and depending on how things go in New York on April 19th and Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania and Rhode Island on April 26th and then a week later, May 3rd in Indiana, it's going to make or break somebody's day and maybe a whole campaign. Uh, My friend Abdul here is confident that we are going to go to a contested convention right now as the delegates add up Donald Trump does have a solid lead. It has been encroached on over the past, what, two, three weeks as Ted Cruz has cleaned up uh, with the delegates in several state primaries. Uh, but the game is not over yet, and I'm saying right now it's too close to call. Let's get through the Northeast. Let's come to Indiana, and then we can make a prediction about going to a contested convention well, or not. Here, here's, here's why I argue for a contested convention. And you are right to the extent 
that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But let's look at it like this. Uh, you're a college student, right? Mm-hmm. For the next 28 days. For the next 28 days. Let's say it is a third of the way through the semester. Mm-hmm. And you got a B minus in the class. Okay. And you go, but you want an A. Mm-hmm. And you go to the professor, like Professor Shabazz, and now I got a B minus in here, but I think I can really buckle down. What do I need to do to get an A in here? And use this little formula the professor used say, Cam, you know what? You're a good kid. I think you got potential. If you can average about a 94, 95 on the remainder of your work, you could probably pull that B up to an A. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. And then another third of the semester goes by. And you're still kind of at a B minus. Mm-hmm. Professor, what can I do? Like, well, Cam, it used to be a 92. Now it's more like a 96. Mm-hmm. And then it's the last day. What can I do to get in? Nothing. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, as any college student knows, the grade you have is the grade you're going to get. Once you hit the point of no return. Once you hit that point of no return. Mm-hmm. And we are just about at that point of no return. Donald mm-hmm. Trump right now has about 40... See, Donald Trump does not... Donald Trump has a plurality of delegates. Mm-hmm. He does not have a majority mm-hmm. of delegates. And that's what people need to remember. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if you take his delegates and compare those with everybody else, John Kasich, Marco Rubio, and even some of the also-rans, Ted Cruz, he's only at about 46%, mm-hmm. which means he's got to get at least 54% of the remaining delegates mm-hmm. in order you know, to win. And when you start looking at these states, you know, how they do... What's winner take all? What's Indiana, which is more winner take most, mm-hmm. which is you no know, what's proportionate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the math does not work against him. So for every day that Donald Trump does not get a clear at least fifty four percent of delegates, and that's what matters in the mm-hmm. stuff. Delegates, folks, looks like you're getting a B minus, dude. Right now, you know, I was just reading an article. I saw you shared it as well uh, about uh, Indiana Republicans already stacking the field. And the delegate count against Donald Trump, regardless of what happens with the popular vote of the people. Well, explain that. Well, basically, the way Indiana works is if you're if you're named to be a delegate on the first ballot, whatever. Well, you got two things. You have like 20 something odd statewide delegates and then a bunch of proportion at a congressional level, like three for each congressional district. You win the congressional district. You win the congressional district. You win those delegates. You win statewide. You get those delegates also. Which is how Hillary Clinton actually had more votes than Barack Obama in 2008. Mm-hmm. But Barack Obama actually had more delegates when it was all said and done because he had he won more congressional districts, even though Hillary had a larger statewide total. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to the convention, as a delegate, you are only pledged to vote for your candidate on the first ballot. So let's say Donald Trump won the 7th congressional district. Uh, good friend of mine, gentleman by the name of Tom John, uh, former American GOP chairman, but my closest friend was at my wedding. John would be compelled to vote for Donald Trump on the first ballot. Mm-hmm. But let's say Donald Trump doesn't get it because there's no clear majority. Then it's open season and the delegates can go wherever they want. Mm-hmm. And so none of those guys are going to vote for Trump. Now, this is to say that every member of the congressional delegation or the, or the delegates won't. Most of the ones I spoke to are not Trump fans, but they will follow the rules. And the rules say, hey, if Trump wins a district... I'll vote for him on the first one, not vote for him on the second mm-hmm. one. Because they, as the rules say, have a duty to represent what the people say. No, you have a you have a duty to go the way your district does, right. only but only on the first round. Only on the first round. Second round, it's fair game. And there's a lot of delegates at stake here uh, in the uh, Hoosier State. We have on the Republican side, uh, 57. 57 on the Republican side, and I think 90, 92 on the 92. Democratic side. And Democrats are easy. This is just the percentage you get is. 
what mm-hmm. you walk away with. It, it gets funky on the Republican side, and you talked about the winner-take-alls. and Winner-take-most. Well, we're, we're winner-take-most, yeah. but Delaware, winner-take-all. Maryland, winner-take-most. Pennsylvania, winner-take-most uh, over the next three weeks. Um, so this is why they're saying, I've heard a lot of people, they're already starting to write off the Northeast for Donald Trump, and I haven't seen any numbers myself to back that up. But I also haven't seen any numbers for Indiana because apparently there aren't any yet. There is uh, a gentleman by the name of Brian Howie and WTHR are will be doing some polling soon okay. and release that about like a couple of weeks before the primary. We did um, a little informal survey on my website, IndyPolitics.org. John Kasich actually did relatively well. Mm-hmm. The last polls that I've heard some campaigns have done internally basically had Trump, Cruz, and Kasich all within the margin of error. You know, I, I've, when people vote in this state, we're far more purple than we are red. Um, the trick is to get people to vote. And we've seen, over the last year, we've seen with RIFRA and now this House Bill 1337, how angry people get at the State House and Governor Pence's office. And also, where is John Gregg? If, I, I'm giving him time until... The uh, May primary is over, and then he should emerge. But right now, it's like the man's in witness protection or something. Um, so if people go out and vote and show their anger as they did yesterday down at the state house, I'm wondering, is Governor Pence in trouble? And if someone... But here's something to keep in mind about yesterday's rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and fundamentally, I'm pro-choice, so mm-hmm. just full mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. disclosure. I'm a guy, I don't care about abortion. Oh, I could, mm-hmm. don't, don't get one. Um, you got a couple things. Well, although, although they they were expecting thousands of people to show up, they only had about fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So all the people who said they were going to show up and be mad mm-hmm. didn't really materialize. Mm-hmm. Up Lake County, they had about a thousand pro life people mm-hmm. show up. So it's a very split mm-hmm. issue. Lots of passion mm-hmm. on on both sides. So the challenge for Governor Pence is going to be the moderate Republicans who live in the Donut Counties. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that Mike Pence has to win back because those are like the Mitch Daniels mm-hmm. crowd. They're 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 conservative, but they're not big on all the social issue stuff. They're more business people, more practical. That's who Mike Pence has to win back. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence gets those guys back. He's reelected easily. We'll switch it over even to the president presidential election. When you have, if people were to go vote, if you are angry about you know what Mike Pence is doing on the Republican side, I'm wondering if people see him and Ted Cruz in a similar bucket. And as people have claimed they're doing in other states, are report are voting for Donald Trump because he's different and they're angry about their politics, that they would vote for Donald Trump here in Indiana because of their anger to the establishment of Ted Cruz. Mm. Here here's here the here it's, it breaks down a little differently. And something to keep in mind, the and just about ever this I've been looking at the research doing the data on this, the presidential race hasn't really impacted down the ballot races. Mm-hmm. It really has had much. People are going in either vote for Trump, Cruz, or Kasich, and then they're just kind of, those one-time people are going about their business. Mm-hmm. All the other races tend to just sort of play out the, the way that they do. Actually, if you're Mike Pence, you're kind of hoping Hillary Clinton's on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Because Hillary Clinton is not popular in Indiana, mm-hmm. despite what my Democratic friends may say. Mm-hmm. And by having a Hillary Clinton at the top of the ticket, you know that may have some impact. People are mad at her. They may still vote, vote for Mike. But like I said, Mike's challenge is going to be getting back those Republicans in the Hendricks County, Boone County, Hamilton County. That's mm-hmm. where he's got to, that's where, that's the work he's got to do. All right, we'll talk more about the gubernatorial race uh, as we move closer to that once uh, John Gregg emerges from whatever hole he's been 
hibernating. Actually, underneath. just make sure you get a pair of John Gregg flip-flops. 2012 and 2016. But 2016 are in rainbow colors. Does he have clip-on mustaches? Yeah. We need some of those. Donald Trump's got the hats. If he did the mustaches, now we're making some money here. John's actually a good guy. I like John. We, yeah. we give each other, we like to rib each other on occasion. A Southern Indiana guy from Knox County. Uh, so, uh, we'll hear Eric from- Holcomb? Uh, no. Because that's uh, where Eric's from. No. Uh, John Gregg is from Vincennes. Yeah. Well, Eric Holcomb's from that neck of the woods, too. Yes, he is. That's why well. you said a Southern Indiana guy well, from Knox County. I'm like, you know, Lieutenant Governor? Well, no, <laughs> I, I don't know him, but John Gregg is from Knox County. That's somebody I need to get on your show. You'll love talking to Eric Holcomb. Well, I think then we request him. I think we requested him when I was doing the show on WTLC AM, and he made his way down to your place. But he didn't make it over here. So See, our place is much easier easier access to get to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can we can make a list of excuses, but we'll we'll withhold that for now. Uh, so okay, May third, um, three weeks away. Uh, Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton? Hillary. Uh, Republican side coming out on top: Donald Trump, John Kasich, Ted Cruz. Um, uh, too close to call. Too close to call. Okay. Um, we'll keep you updated on which way that goes. But you're saying straight up on the Democratic side? Yeah, Hillary. Hillary. Okay, she wanted a no eight. Of course, we turned blue for Barack in November. That ain't happening in 2016. I'm not confident. It's too early. It's too early to call on that side. It's too close to call for the Republicans. So we will not characterize the results just yet. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Indie Speaks. I'm Cameron Riddle. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests for calling in this morning. Representative Cherish Pryor from the Hillary Clinton campaign and for the Ted Cruz campaign, Jerry Hendricks. And, of course, our good friend Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, who coming up in 30 minutes will be on Indianapolis this week on RTV6. Where else are you today? Uh, Indianapolis Recorder. Uh, check out my column about my father's Republican Party. It's pretty interesting. And it's actually a little remind history lesson how, if that had been for Republicans, we wouldn't have had civil rights. How far we have come. <laughs> Read about it in the column in the Indianapolis Recorder. And watch Abdul coming up at 830 on Indianapolis This Week on our ABC station, WRTV6. I'm Cameron Riddle. We'll see you next week. Same time, same station, live at 7.